Welcome to Bike Talk with Dave. I'm your host, Dave Mabel, and I'm glad you're able to join me in these conversations with incredible people doing incredible things. I'm super excited about today's episode as I was able to catch up with some guys who lined up in the elite men's race at the 2022 UCI Cyclocross World Championships in January. One of the big differences between a World Cup race and the World Championships, or even something like the Olympics, are the people who line up in the starting grid. While the front rows may look familiar to those who follow the World Cup races in really whatever sport, not just cycling or cyclocross, but across the spectrum of competition, the difference I'm talking about are those that line up at the back of the field. Those who compete for smaller countries or countries where some sports are not as popular as others, like the Jamaican bobsled team, for example. This was true at Cyclocross World Championships in Fayetteville, Arkansas in January. I recently had the chance to talk to a few competitors from small countries not typically associated with cyclocross. I talked to Trey Jarno from Estonia, Guy Lesham from Israel, and Felipe Nystrom from Costa Rica. It was super fun to watch these guys out on course at Centennial Park in Fayetteville and the crowd's reaction to them, cheering them on as the underdogs as they fought their way around the course. Sometimes the crowd got a little too excited and that can sometimes have a negative impact on riders, as you'll hear from Trey. But overall, it was a fun experience to watch these three guys compete with the best in the world and dig deep for laps. I got to spend 20 or 30 minutes on Zoom with Trey and Guy, but my conversation with Felipe, holy moly, continued for about two and a half hours. He's got a great story and big dreams. So we'll hit a little bit of uh, Felipe's experience in Fayetteville on this podcast, but I'm going to edit the rest of the conversation probably into a two-part series, so definitely stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy my conversations with Trey Jarno from Estonia, Guy Lesham from Israel, and Felipe Nystrom from Costa Rica. Trey, good to meet you. It was fun to see you out on the course. It, it looked like to me that, uh, well, the crowd loved an underdog. Is that a fair statement? <laughs> they probably loved the oldest guy on the field there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you're 39 or you, what, what are you in cyclocross years? Uh, 40 actually. So you're 40 I am 39, but I'm turning 40 this year. Yes. Uh, are, do, do you know for a fact if you were the oldest guy out there? Yes. Yeah. yeah they nice. actually told me. Yeah. It's, it's me and then the Costa Rican guy. We were actually uh, about 10 years older than any other guy. So uh, we definitely, you know, we're like the, the old dogs on the field there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's awesome. I want to get to kind of your road that led you to, uh, to Fayetteville. But uh, before that, I just want to ask, like, what was your day like Sunday? What, uh, what was your race like? What was your expectations? <laughs> yeah, I actually went to the race uh, with no expectations. Um, I, I kind of like just wanted to do it one last time i've actually done quite a few world cups in uh, in my uh, career hmm. um not only cyclocross but actually cyclocross is uh, really a secondary thing for me i've raced the uh, cross country and cross country eliminator mostly 
Um, but yeah, I've done probably like maybe um, 10 cyclocross World Cups as well. Um, but I've done them long time ago. I mean, like the last cyclocross race I did, I would say uh, 17 or 18. So yeah, some it five like years ago. came to Iowa and Trek. Yeah. 17, and I, 18, 19, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. And I've done also Cross Vegas and a couple of other races. And um, But yeah, I, I haven't really done any cross for, uh, for a while. Um, but of course I had this opportunity this time. So I was like, okay, if, if you have a chance to race world championship, you will take it, <laughs> you know? Um, but of course, you know, as soon as I got there, the first day we got there, it was very cold. So, um, that was like a big surprise, you know, uh, right now I'm living in California. And then when we got there, it was, I think 28. So it was right. like a big shock for us when we went for a pre-ride and then it was cold as, as hell <laughs> so um but no when we started to write the course i actually felt like this could be you know a good course because i i would say this was probably the fastest course that i ever raced on wow uh, you know we're, we're used to having barriers and then sand pits and stuff like that so that usually slows you down a lot right um but besides you know having that back climb and and those stairs this was definitely the fastest course uh i mean like uh if i if i check my um my report on my uh, computer it showed like my average heart rate was 186 and you know with my age that's <laughs> that's high heart rate so i think that's over um, the maximum isn't it <laughs> uh, no i think my max is still uh somewhere 194 or so but okay. i mean i was in threshold yeah yeah I was yeah, in yeah. Threshold for that for the amount of time that uh, that would I was able to race um but as far as the result I, i'm actually very disappointed how it went for me um i was able to do two full laps on the third lap um apparently i was pulled and uh, i was told that i'm disqualified when i was asking from the official what was the reason for it they said i had outside assistance which was surprising for me um because I couldn't figure out how the hell did I have outside assistance. So um, I found a later that official one more time and I was asking for explanation. And they said that apparently somebody from the crowd actually pushed me on the, on the climb. Um, huh. Of course. Do you remember uh, that? Do you, like, did you yeah, feel it? Well, I mean, I did you did, gain five spots? No, I didn't gain anything. I mean, I'm like, sure yeah, it was somebody uh, did reach over from the barriers and then barely touched me, or you know, I would say handed you on your back, me. basically. Pretty much, yeah. It's just like a slap on the back, and and yeah. that was it. And that that was the only thing that you know somebody was able to even touch me. Um, and when they told me, um, you know, I was like, how should I be able to avoid that? I mean, like I'm a racer; it's it's not really my fault. But they said the sister you say rules and. And that's what it is and they didn't allow me to uh to continue so um, like i said it was a little disappointment but um overall i'm i'm very positive person so i always um take actually the positive out of it so um even though it ended like this for me uh, i would still say it was it was very good experience i mean i love the crowd i love the course uh, everybody out there were just so nice i mean it was just overall experience was still uh, amazing 
Very good. Well, I'm glad you had a good experience. I, I, I too was disappointed to hear about the manner in which you were disqualified, you know? So, but like I said, you know, I, I actually, as far as um, when I look back for the race, I actually want to focus on, on all the good stuff there. Um, I mean, like the crowd was so amazing there. Um, I mean, like when you ran out on the stairs or up on the stairs, it, it felt like, you know, people were so loud screaming there. Even though I was breathing so hard, I couldn't hear myself breathing because the, the you know, the noise that the crowd made was just so loud that uh, you just couldn't hear anything else. So that was pretty amazing. And, and you know, um, besides that, the whole show, the, the whole event, you know, the three days that we, uh, we stayed there, actually, I think we stayed uh, five days there, but um, I mean, overall, the, the races itself, I, I really felt like, you know, this is something that we should have more here in the States. And then, and I'm hoping that this actually, you know, kind of like um, shows the world that, um, that these races uh, should belong here as well. It, uh, it looks like on your Instagram that uh, you primarily race mountain bikes. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah. It also looks like uh, potentially that one of the highlights of your career, if not life, is being able to hold a mountain bike above your head with one hand. Is that, is that <laughs> what I saw on Instagram? <laughs> this is more like um, uh, since we do, you know, lots of traveling and and so on. This is um, kind of like a signature move, you know. Whenever you're riding, uh, we just uh, joke about it, like hey. You know the bikes weigh about twenty pounds, so it's it's right. it's not that hard thing to do. But it's <laughs> it's just a signature move. It's actually funny when I got into professional sports. Um, it's a little different how it works in Estonia. We have government-funded schools, so what it means is uh, we have like a athlete school or sports schools. Um, where the school actually sends out their scouts to to find talent in the country, um, and and uh, at, at what let's age? Say she's cool. like 12, 12, 13 years old. Oh wow! Okay, so young, young age, and and the scouts go around the country, and and of course there's like let's say um, a small town PE teachers they can recommend you to the scouts so they can come and see um, you know how you perform in different uh, sports and so on. Um, so apparently I was one of the people that was recommended for that school. Um, and the scout came to, to see me. I think it was a track and field race that I did, uh, as a 13 year old and they came out and, and they made, they made me an offer that if I want to, um, to be part of that program and, and, uh, come and study <laughs> and it In worked out track for me. and field. As a runner? No, actually, that's the surprising part. I went to study Creek Chrome Wrestling. How My did they get that from track and field? Were you doing shot put <laughs> or discus or? Uh, no, they just felt like since with my height and and um, uh, really good upper body strength, um, they felt like okay, this is something that we can offer for this guy, and and this turned out to be my um, my uh, pretty much my middle school and high school. Wow, huh? Yeah. That's interesting. So where did you find the bike? The biking I actually found in college. Um, I came to college here in the States and um, I met one, uh, one uh, former cross-country uh, skier uh, that, was in, uh, uh, that has been in Olympics for three times. And, 
And after he, um, you know, uh, retired from uh, cross country skiing, he picked up uh, cycling. Uh, and uh, he felt like this is like a great sport to keep yourself in shape and so on. And, and um, he kind of like pushed me to be part of it. <laughs> he had oh. a couple of bikes and, and said like, hey, like, you know, um, I actually, during college years, I worked at the Hollywood gym here in LA. Mm. Um, and he said like, hey, um, you know, you have really good fitness level. You should try and, you know, race bikes. And of course, there are a couple of times when I went to see like mountain bike races, it felt actually like it's, it's pretty scary. Uh, I mean, like the courses are very technical these days. Um, but, you know, just one evening I was like, okay, you have the two bikes. Let's go and try and ride. We went out for a ride. Of course, everybody knows how to ride a bicycle, but mountain biking was way, way more different and, and way more technical. But uh, I did like it. And uh, the next morning, we um, packed our stuff and went for our first mountain bike race. <laughs> the next morning, um, you went to a race? Yes, next morning. Oh. After one hour um, trying <laughs> to ride a mountain bike, uh, I went next morning and raced the uh, um, Cat 3 race. And I think I actually ended up on the first race. I ended up on podium. Um, but the reason for that was that I was in a really good shape as far as fitness level. Um, and I just powered all the climbs. And, uh, you know, even though I, I had a hard time descending, um, I just had enough power to, um, to have a good result. And I think like the first couple of years or actually the first year I raced within half a year, USA Cycling actually told me that I'm too strong for, uh, for you know, Cat 3 racer that I need to move up. Move up, yep, sandbagger. So, exactly. <laughs> so they actually forced me to move up uh, Cat 2 after like half a, half a year racing. And then, then I started to think like maybe this is something that actually has a future for me. Um, and turned out, surely that's how it works. Uh, I think uh, in two or three years, I moved up to, um, to get Cat 1. And uh, in about... Um, Four years, I, I received to, um, to the level that I was able to race elite races. And how old were you when you came over? Uh, to the States? Yeah. To college? Uh, 23. 23? Yeah. Okay. 23, yes. Um, and where did you, uh, you go to school? I went to Musicians Institute. So I actually have a degree in music business and production. So you didn't, you didn't ride when you were living in Estonia? Um, I, I was born in a small town and um, it was kind of like a way of, of um, to move around. So whenever we needed to go to uh, swim, there was a lake that was, I would say, like um, 10, 15 miles away from our house. So we just used our bikes to, um, to go to the lake to, uh, to go to swim. So Estonia is actually... Uh, I think officially it's considered considered Northern Europe. Um, back back when I was living there, it was considered Eastern Europe. So it's kind of like Northeast Europe. Um, it's just below Finland, uh, next to Sweden. Um, and I would say, like as far as the the people there and, and the whole culture, um, it is more Scandinavian. And even the Estonian language belongs to the same group as as Finnish. So um, if I compare Estonia to the other two Baltic uh, countries, uh, Latvia and Lithuania, we're actually very far apart as far as culture, 
we're closer to Scandinavia than being more closer to Slavic um, countries. So, and the same goes with language. Um, the same goes with with even the looks of the people. Um, you know, Estonians are mostly blonde and blue eyes. Versus if you go south of the border to Latvia, then it's darker hair and darker eyes. So um, Estonia is, uh, is northeast of Europe. It's very popular for winter sports. Um, I would say cross-country skiing is probably the most popular sports in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but lately, I think like, um, especially right now that we have Winter Olympics starting, I think actually our best chance to get the medal there is actually... Uh, uh, freestyle skiing. Uh, oh, really? We have this, yeah, we have this young um, young um, girl from Estonia. I think she's actually 19 now, but I think she's now actually the um, how to say like um, I think she won the most gold medals in X Games as a freestyle skier. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think I yeah. watched her in the X Games <laughs> or or uh, you know some of the winner. Uh, freestyle stuff yeah yeah so I think that's our best chance but we have a couple of other um, you know skiers and and ski jumpers also that um, that have a good chance to to actually um, have a really good results there how did you end up representing Estonia at uh, at the world championships it was actually um, like I said kind of like uh, I wouldn't say it was a last-minute decision, um, but like I said, I've raced before and I've I've had some pretty good um, seasons as as cross races. Um, and these days, I'm actually racing for for a local track team here in California. Um, and I didn't do for like I said any cross races for for quite a few years, but I do every once in a while and every once in a while some gravel rides and gravel races. So. Um, I always knew that I can do it if um, if I was pushed into it. Um, but like like in about December or so, um, we had um, the California or Southern California Cross Series came back, um, which we were missing for a couple of years because of this whole um, virus situation. Um, but they came back and they they started to put together races again. And and I kind of like just told my team that like, hey, if you have a cross bike I would actually love to have one and and go and race the local series here um so you, you fr- didn't own a cross bike and uh, no I, I yeah I I just had a gravel bike so it's a little different and you right. know with the rules um you you can only race a cross bike for a cross race right um so they actually found me a bike right away and they said like hey just come and pick it up the next week so as soon as we got the bike, I, I um, went and raced the SoCal Series. Um, the first race that I did there, um, I kind of like knew that, you know, I'm, I'm not nowhere near the level where I want to be. But I actually wasn't that far behind from the winners as well. And so yeah. I was surprised. And then I thought, like, you know what, let's, let's keep going. I mean, like, we don't have any winter races anyway. So I would just race the whole series. And uh, every stage that I went forward, I actually got the better result and better result and better result. And I actually turned out, um, you know, after I think four stages or so, I was overall already on the third place. And I decided like, okay, that means like I'm not that old. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I have a chance, you know, to, um, to do something. 
Um, so, and then I, I talked to Estonian Cycling Union um, about it and, and they kind of like said like, hey, if you want to race, um, we have an option, we have, we have a slot for you. And um, I would say this was probably like um, six weeks before the world champs. Wow. So it was it was somewhat last minute decision and it wasn't. So in about six weeks, I had to get like um, to the best possible shape for this race. So, um, you know, grow together with this new bike and, and really um, go for it. Yeah, that's awesome. And it looks like you're riding a trek. Yeah, Perfect. I'm. I'm racing for a, for a Trek uh, Westlake team. Mm-hmm. So we have a partnership with Trek, and and uh, we usually get only mountain bikes, but they were able to find me one um, one cross bike as well. Very good. Like, who is your crew? Did you have a crew in the pits? Yes. Uh, so actually, I uh, I got the mechanic from Trek, uh, the local Trek store here, um, that they gave me one mechanic to go with me. Um, so that was really my crew. I only had one mechanic that came with me and, and even though at the beginning we were looking if we can fly out there, um, that was actually the complicated part, um, to get to Fayetteville from here, there were like, there wasn't any flights, direct flights you had to do, um, you know, with a couple of stops somewhere. And uh, whenever I've done like all these, uh, overseas races, uh, with, um, no direct flights, I've had bad experience, uh, the plane companies losing my bikes. Right. So we kind of like uh, decided to drive there. So oh, wow. It was, <laughs> it was actually a long, uh, long, long trip. Yeah, we left um, uh, Wednesday morning uh, to get there and we got there Friday morning. So I think overall we drove like 24 hours something. Um, oh. Of course, we stayed couple of nights or overnight, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the first night we stayed in Flagstaff. The second night we uh, stayed in uh, Oklahoma City because we got there like one at night. Oh, so wow. uh, we decided to stay there instead of drive all the way to right. Fayetteville and then, you know, be there like early in the morning. Um, but that almost uh, cost us because, um, you know, we stayed there. We got there to Oklahoma one o'clock. We checked into the hotel. And we went to sleep. We got five hours of sleep to continue driving, so we could make it to the uh, cutoff time to um, to the rider and confirmation, which was oh. uh, set for twelve o'clock on Friday. Oof! So we got um, we got there like right there on eleven, and then we were guided actually on the venue to the like the last UCI tent on the venue, and then when we got there, they said, "Oh no, you actually need to go to the town hall." Right. It's in the middle of downtown Fayetteville. Exactly. And the time was then 11.38. So we had 22 minutes to go from there (laughs) all the way to the downtown or town hall. So we actually ran from the last tent all the way. Our car was parked um, pretty much to the beginning of the pits or the national team parking. Right. So we ran there. We jumped into the car. We drove all the way to town hall. Uh, we tried to find the right door to get in. We got our um, which is uh, as, as far behind in the back <laughs> as you could have. Exactly. <laughs> so when we actually got in there, it was eleven fifty nine. So it oh, was wow. one minute before the cutoff. Um, so we got to the desk and and you know we were asking like, okay, we're international writers. We need to do the um, uh, accreditation. And then uh, they said, like, oh, we don't know exactly where you need to go there, but 
on that second, the UCI officials who did <laughs> the check-in, they already packed and they said, oh, you made it. Okay, so they've unpacked everything again. We got checked in in the last minute, yes. Wow, you did, like the very last minute. The very last minute, yes. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm glad you did. Me too, me too. Like That's I said, fair. I still... <laughs> After everything, I still think like this is what this was very good experience, uh, and it was a very good race to to go to. Next, we'll hear from Guy Lesham from Israel, who is attending college at Fort Lewis College in Colorado, and he has adapted his road and mountain biking skills to race some cross. Here's the story of his road to Fayetteville. Uh, so, first of all, congratulations! I uh, I want to talk about your road to world but uh before we get there how was your day it's great it's been busy uh had a few classes then i went to work and i got back about an hour ago so perfect get some food yeah yeah all right good 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 uh -huh. cafeteria are you on campus no no since i'm uh i'm 24 i can leave off campus uh, which is pretty nice yeah what uh, so year are you I'm a junior. A junior, and what are you studying? Exercise physiology and double minor in nutrition and marketing. Oh wow, what do you want to do with that? I'm not sure exactly. I might just continue to grad school after that and might be a coach or work in a lab or something. Yeah, very cool. Well, it's a good road to, uh, to coaching in some manner. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that and your experience. How was uh, how was your day Sunday? Sunday. Sunday, you did a little race in. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was good. I mean, the race was kind of late, so I tried to keep it chill in the first half of the day. Uh, so I just stayed in the cabin, the team's cabin, uh, while my friends uh, watched the races. Uh, I watched just a f like parts of the races. I didn't want to be on my. You know feed for a long time right and i was actually working on my laptop doing some you know work and homework stuff <laughs> and yeah then you know i got ready for the race did the usual stuff well you know dressed uh, warm up and yeah raced <laughs> awesome um what'd you think of the race i think it was amazing definitely one of of the best racing experiences I've ever had. Um, the support uh, from everyone was crazy and the crowds were amazing. Uh, I couldn't hear myself like breathing for certain uh, like spots on the course. And the course itself was like super fun, uh, really fast and best conditions, I guess. Uh, Did people yeah. pick up on the fact that you're from Israel? Mm. Like, were they shouting? yeah go israel or go yeah like, they know I you did anyone know you i don't think they knew me because i didn't know a lot of people there yeah uh only the people from durango and some people from the like cycling uh scene in the u.s uh and obviously all the you know big names um but yeah at some points i heard like just like the crowd was was shouting uh, usa usa I think they were shouting Israel, Israel, <laughs> which awesome. was pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> That's super awesome. Were you happy with how you raced? Um, 
I think so, yeah, because I wasn't really sure. I mean, I knew the level was really high, uh, but I had no idea how I can like do in such a big like or such a fast field. Um, so my goal was just to have a good, decent start because I started from the back and then just find my own pace and give everything I can and take advantage of opportunities if I have any. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like after maybe a lap and a half, I found myself just riding by, uh, by myself. Uh, I mean, the start was decent, but then, you know, I couldn't handle pace and just rode by myself, gave everything I had. And yeah, I think my, my goal was to just complete the full distance, mm -hmm. uh, which I think it's possible if I had like better preparation. Uh, that's very cool. Five laps. Uh, I think I did seven because they did nine. Oh, okay. So you're two down. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty unique. A dude from Israel in, uh, in the world champs. How did that come about that you ended up on the start line? Um, first, my friends from Durango told me that uh, Waltz is here in the U.S. And some of them tried their own like cross teams um, or just their good cross. And they tried, they said they were trying to be part of their national, their national team. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, maybe I should check what are the requirements for, I don't know, uh, Israel. Uh, but I didn't really do anything about that. And then after collegiate, collegiate nationals, mountain bike nationals, mm -hmm. my friend told me that I should just email uh, the guy from the federation uh, who's in charge of all that. So I did that and he told me to send him all my uh, cross experience and re recent results. Uh, um, so I, I did that and then he forward that to the professional committee or something like that, I think you say. And then two days later, he said that they approved it and they'll uh, sign me up for the race. <laughs> wow, were you shocked? Because your your background is more mountain bike and road, isn't it? You're at yeah. Fort Lewis College, with, which has a great reputation for really all, all the disciplines of uh, cycling but uh i know there's some great cross racers that have come out of uh fort lewis mm -hmm. um and uh um but that's not your that's not your bag you've uh -huh. you've rocked out uh uh did i see a fourth in uh collegiate mountain bike nationals uh third uh, oh, yeah third. i finished podium all right even better uh is that and that was this fall that August yeah yep so you you've got some um, uh, definite credentials on a mountain bike but how'd that translate to cyclocross I started cyclocross two years ago when I just got to the fort and at the beginning I just bought the bike from the team you know this old bike with uh, like mechanical brakes and it was pretty fun like riding with all the locals and doing the local series was was great and then i did uh nationals 
and states which were muddy and snowy and i really enjoyed it mm -hmm. and then the second year i didn't really i think we did like single speed races because we had covid and all that so we didn't sure. have nationals or states right so we just did that for fun and then this year i just bought my first cross bike uh, and i couldn't even find wheels so i borrowed wheels from a friend uh, post covid or during covid oh, it was hard crazy. to find all the parts um mm -hmm. did you come to worlds with one bike no two bikes luckily the yeah my friend who i bought the uh, my bike from had another pair or another yeah bike so i just borrowed his very good what's yours i saw i've got some pictures of you and it looks like you're on a scott is that right yeah is that your uh -huh. bike or his bike um uh, my bike yeah but okay. his bike is also scott oh okay did you ever have yeah. to swap no 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 not once Mm -mm. Uh, who was working your pits? Who'd you get to crew for you? My friend Carson, who is a mechanic uh, for wildlife, and he also graduated from the fort. He used to be our mechanic. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And you say you came with teammates. You're in a cabin with teammates? Uh, uh, no, just teammates Carson. And... Okay. And then yeah. some guys from uh, uh, Durango came up? yeah yeah a lot of people from durango came and awesome. it was amazing that's awesome so you are um you're going to school in the u.s did you live in the u.s what was your road to the united states how'd you end up in fort lewis college durango colorado mm -hmm. um so in 2017 if I remember correctly, I came here for a training camp after the World Cup in um, Mont Saint Anne in Canada. Because uh, my, my coach, Cup. yeah, yeah, because my coach uh, lives here. He's also an Israeli who moved to Durango, uh, graduated from Fort Lewis, and stayed here. And then he he told me that i should come and just uh, train here for walls uh it was in Lenzerheide in switzerland mm -hmm. um, so i did this training camp here and then he told me about fort lewis and the cycling program and i was just kind of stoked about that and i wanted to combine like school and uh the sport uh, but i like can't really do that in israel just because it's too busy uh, and they don't have uh, these programs. Mm -hmm. So after Worlds, I just, you know, ended my season and thought about that and decided to just go for it. So I spent another year in Israel, just, you know, preparing, getting my visa and doing all the exams. And the next year I just moved here and yeah, started. Oh, that's super cool. Mm -hmm. um, what is cycling like in israel what's the vibe like there um i think there's a lot of amateur riders mm -hmm. uh a lot of bunch of like masters uh, they do a lot of road and mountain biking and i think gravel is growing there as oh well. really 
huh. and also enduro oh sure uh, yeah and, and but there's not a lot of like competitive riders uh, like pro cyclists how did you end up i mean if you're going to the world cups mm -hmm. and you have a coach from the united states like you you started somewhere how did you get to the level of doing the world cup circuit on a mountain bike yeah so when i was a junior i yeah i think i went to the first world cup in nova mesto and then i i think i finished 60 or something uh, but then the federation said that i did this criteria to for uh, europeans and then I went to Europeans and then did another criteria to Worlds and then uh, raced other World Cups uh, before Worlds as a preparation. Uh, just me and fr some friends and my coach, I think it was, or the national team's coach uh, when I was a junior. And then I joined the Cycling Academy uh, development team. Uh, in, in they had yeah their oh. development team was first like half mountain bike riders and half road uh so i just yeah did a bunch of world cups with them and we had a bigger support uh, which was cool uh, yeah so I, I did most of my world cups with them with the cycling academy and the national team huh how like what got you on a bike in the first place do your parents ride? I think, well, yeah, they they rode at some point, but I think this coach from one of the local clubs uh, came to school or something and, you know, did some tricks and I was really stoked about that. So I decided to call, call him and, yeah, just start riding. How old <laughs> were you then? 10. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So mm -hmm. what's, uh, what's your going forward? Are you going pro and cross <laughs> or um, to, uh, flat bars? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I'll do both just cause Ooh. it's fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I like that. I have the option to do road mountain bike and cyclocross everything uh, in one place. And it's nice to switch from one discipline to another uh, and i'll probably do most if not all of the races here just here in the us and not in europe or canada or israel the uci races uh i don't think i'll do any uci races mostly like stage races marathon races um, on the mountain bike cool event bike. yeah yeah okay mm -hmm. okay yeah uh, and you... road with the collegiate uh team sure that makes sense um there's a world cup mountain bike race in fayetteville right on the same course basically as uh the world you just did uh worth coming over for really that. this year yeah I, well i think it was last year i know i assume it's every year i haven't looked at it isn't that a snowshoe Oh, there's one in snowshoe, but that's the end of the year. I want to say April, April or May. May. There's a World Cup in yeah. uh, Fayetteville. Really? Oh, uh, time to no, do I don't work. think. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I'll do that. Uh, 
I think I'm yeah done chasing like UCI points and races. Uh, uh, dig it, dig it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what was your favorite thing about the weekend? Hmm. I I think it was nice. I it was nice to get this feeling of uh, this like one of these big events, you know. Uh, when you get there like a few days before practice a lot on the course and see all these people just supporting uh, all the riders and i was stoked about the opportunity to represent you know israel uh, one more time because uh, i don't know if i'm gonna do that uh, yeah you know in the future again uh, uh, and it was like extra special because of all the people from Durango. Uh, it's like my second home now, and it was nice to have them over there just cheering. That's very cool. Were your parents able to come over? No, no, not did yet. They, did they watch on uh, online? Yeah, yeah, they watched it. it was, I think it was 10.30 in Israel, but they, you know, stayed up and watched it. That was nice of them. Were you? Did mm -hmm. they ever see you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. Um. So, uh, do you see any growth in the sport? And I'm going to say in general in mm -hmm. Israel in the future. Like, where does cycling lie in uh, in Israel going forward? Yeah, I think it's growing, uh, especially now because of the Israel Premier Tech, um, which was Israel's startup nation. Mm -hmm. uh, they they bring a lot of uh, resources and opportunities to cyclists in Israel. Uh, Silvan, the I think he's the team owner, just built this huge velodrome in Tel Aviv. Uh, so a lot of oh. racer uh, riders do that. And I think they're doing pretty well. And also, uh, the Enduro is growing because of Noga that rides on GT, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so hopefully more and more people will want to like race and do like big stuff abroad. And hopefully try some cyclocross because this sport doesn't exist at all in Israel. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe your future is coaching the Israeli cyclocross team. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's an amazing opportunity. And, you know, even if my result is not the best, uh, I think it was good for the, the cycling scene in Israel and, it was great for to represent Durango, Durango, and be there with all these people from Durango and get them hyped about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> do, you, do you have a fan club in Israel? Fan club? No, only my <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah. Did they all stay up and watch? Like, what have you heard from your friends back in Israel who are still there? Yeah, some people stayed up. Uh, they said it was. It looked really hard. Like tough race and uh, yeah that's it 
they challenge you to uh, hang on Pidcock's wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They said that should be my plan. Yeah. I told sure. them that I'll try. <laughs> uh, was it kind of cool racing with guys like him? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you ever talk to Hay or any of the, the other uh, top contenders? Uh, yeah. After the race, I talked to the Belgians uh, uh, and the Dutch rider who won U23 because we oh, met yeah. them downtown. Um, and we had, you know, good time after that. So that was pretty cool. I, it's an honor to, to meet and chat face to face. And uh, I will definitely be looking forward to uh, seeing you at uh, some of the collegiate events. Mm -hmm. and maybe maybe uh, some of the mountain bike stuff too. So, Sweet. Yeah. Sounds good. Keep rocking. Keep the rubber side, rubber side down. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> take care. Cool. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Maybe Guy will be the spark to get Cross ignited in Israel. In the meantime, keep an eye out for him at Collegiate Nationals over the next couple of years. Now let's hear from Felipe Nystrom, representing Costa Rica. Uh, so how you doing, Felipe? Uh, Felipe? Felipe? Yep, Felipe. Felipe. Felipe yeah. Nystrom from Costa Rica, living in <laughs> Portland, Oregon. Uh, yep. Representing uh, the hometown of Costa Rica at the latest World Championships cyclocross, that was pretty uh, pretty awesome to see you out there. Actually, pretty awesome to see you uh, all season long, cutting it up with uh, kind of with the kids. Yeah. Right. I talked to Trey, and he said you and he are the two oldest guys at uh, that lined up at Fayetteville. Yep. Yep. Um, I think so. Yeah, it was uh, an amazing experience. Um, I wish I'd been able to do some more of the races, but uh, that'll be the project for this coming season. And uh, yeah, I was always generally like, I'd see the start list and, you know, the next guy would be 10 years younger than I was, than I am. Um, and I think at Fayetteville, there was the guy from, uh, uh, shoot, I just forgot the, where he was from. Um, but he was, I think, 40 years old. He's the guy that got disqualified. Yeah, that was, was Trey. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so we had a chat about that at the at the at the start line. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you give us old guys. You take away the excuses of us old guys. <laughs> we can't say we're too old when you guys are still cutting it up with the uh, literally kids half your age. Yep. Yeah, I think that's part of uh, why I'm doing this. Um, just with my history and. Um, just showing that that it's it's it really is never too late if you if you want to do something you can do it 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 may not always work out exactly how you wanted it um, but at least this way when you're you know the way I see it when I'm 80 years old um, I'll say yeah I got my ass kicked in those races as opposed to what if I tried a little harder and tried to get into one of those races <laughs> yeah yeah you you did it so you can't have any regrets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, toe in the line, which is awesome. So I want to get a bit into your history and what led you to the start line at Fayetteville. But first, how was Fayetteville? How how was it on Sunday? It was amazing. Um, I mean, for me, it was my first world championship. Um, and so I think anywhere that it would have happened, it would have been amazing. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I think there's, uh, I guess, for the more uh, 
um, I, what do you say, classic cyclocrosses? Maybe it wasn't what they would have hoped for. Um, in terms of versus Europe versus the US, the environment is a little different. I don't have too much experience uh, on that, it's just kind of a little bit of what I heard. But for me, I think it was great. I think the course was great. I really liked that part. Um, uh, I was there in April doing some pro mountain bike races uh, uh, when, as part of my planning to, to get to Worlds. Um, the course itself was, was super fast. And it's one of those, like we saw in October, where if it's dry, it's super fast. And if it's wet, it's just a slog fest. <laughs> it was a slog fest in October, for sure. Yeah. And the thing was, the, what made it so incredible in October is like delays leading into it, even two hours before the race, the men's race, it was going to be super fast. Right. And then like hurricane hit <laughs> uh, <laughs> and changed everything. Um, I personally really liked the new sections that they added in. Um, I think there was three of them that were different from, mm -hmm. from October. Uh, you mean the dry one? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, no, um, there was a little right-hander, a, a, a small little loop um, after, just before the descent, uh, where you went up and over a bridge to yeah. start descending. Yeah. Um, that, uh, so basically you started, it kind of weaved, went downhill, there was a straight, and then a small little climb. And then you took a sharp left, and then on that one you went straight in October, and then this one there was a uh, off camber, really sharp right hander to make yeah. things exciting. Yep, yep, um, it was exciting there. Yeah, and then there was the the section on the backside uh, before the stairs. Uh, there was like at some S turns, like a couple of one eighty degrees, and yeah. then it it that took you onto the cobbles. Yeah, that led into the steps, and so this year there was that extra section down like a little loop down through a forest yep um which kind of cool back had, there yeah and if it had been it had it been wet that 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 mm. turn out there would have been spectacular <laughs> for sure um and then a couple of changes on after the steps or one more change after the steps which i i don't know i i think it was a great course and yeah. the crowd was amazing I, I noticed that the crowd seemed to love an underdog <laughs> yeah. did, uh, did you feel that so I, I, uh, not to toot my own horn, but I'm almost certain that like everybody, each country had their fan base that mm -hmm. was super loud for them. The U S being home team, of course, you know, they, they were very well cheered. For sure. Um, I think Costa Rica was the most cheered country. <laughs> I believe it. Like, I believe it. Having witnessed it, I, <laughs> I you're not tooting your own horn. I, I think that is a fact. Yep. Yeah. And I, think, I talked to you, I think, two nights before the race. Uh huh. Thursday night, maybe yeah. Friday night. And uh, you said you expected to, or you hoped to get three laps in. Right. And you were there for five. That, that was amazing. I had said, I wanted the goals for me were I really wanted to make it to the climb, to the top of the climb on the first lap, at least hanging on to the back of the group. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after that, it was to get at least three laps. If I got three laps, I'd be really happy. If I got four laps, I'd be ecstatic. And if I got five laps, it for me, it was a win. <laughs> yeah, well, you won then. And yeah. I, got, I got to the top of the climb on the first lap, just like right there. 
and then got my five laps, which was amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and I saw it myself. Like, the crowd was cheering you <laughs> on. Now, I did ask you to do a little tail whip on the second or third lap, and you got some air. I got a nice picture of you getting some air. <laughs> no tail whip on that one. I don't know if you did one later, but. Um, no, I think my I need to work on my, my on my bike handling skills before <laughs> I can start uh, between getting some air and then giving the crowd a little something and uh, trying to do a tail whip for the first time and then crashing in front of everybody. <laughs> that probably wouldn't be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be spectacular, but yeah. I don't know if I would want that memory myself. So yeah. that's fair. That's fair. You did get legit air for sure. What was yeah. it like going off that drop? Um, you know, it, the first time, so I was there, like I said, in, in April, mm -hmm. um, when I was trying to fig figure out what the traveling was going to be like, what the climate was going to be like, the area, the hotels, all that. And so I did, I did try it a couple of times in, on a mountain bike back then. And then in October doing recon and then during the race, I tried it. And I will say the first couple of times in april and then again in october it, for me it was uh scary i mean that that drop is huge and that you can't really tell in the pictures most of the pictures someone did send me a picture of myself uh at the just dropping in mm -hmm. and it, it's i'm basically looking straight down um so i don't know if the on tv you could really appreciate how steep that was but that, that's quite a drop it is quite a drop. I did a lap the, on Monday, and uh, uh, the first half of those stairs, I was thinking, ah, cool, I'm on the running the stairs of the World Championship course. The second half of the stairs, I'm like, oh, man, I got to make that drop. And then I'm like, okay, like 15-year-old kids did it, so I could suck it up. And so I, I just, like, trusted it and dropped. But it was, I mean, it put your heart up in your throat. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I think for me it was there was so much cheering going on there that even back in October I was still on the brakes going down that drop, and then on uh, that at Worlds there's just so many people there I'm just like just send it, nice. and, and then as every with each lap I was able to get more and more speed. Awesome, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'm glad you had a great day there. It was a beautiful weekend. I mean, the whole weekend was just perfect weather. Mm -hmm. And uh, every time I saw you, it looked like you were having fun and just really thoroughly enjoying the experience, which which I think is great. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'd said in, a, in another interview um, uh, with cyclocross not being uh, a traditional uh, discipline in, in Costa Rica or Latin America, for that matter, um, the pressure is a little bit different than what, like, Vanderpols or Vanarts and Isabits would would feel for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, like even or even like Tom Pitcock, where um, they they there's a lot of pressure to win to perform for the result. <clears throat> My pressure was to as a basically as a making history, being the first Costa Rican um, to be in to participate in a World Cup and a World Championship races. Um, to not make a fool out of myself, right? Because the idea is to try to open up the doors so that hopefully, you know, there's a 10, 12, 13, 15 year old that watched what I did. And within the next five to 10 years, 
we hopefully see you know three or four of them racing and who actually know how to handle their bikes <laughs> um but we're definitely i'd say a good 15 years um if we were to start today like right mm -hmm. now put money into it uh we'd probably be about 10 to 15 years to where we could see an actual team uh showing up to to world cup races from costa rica right um so the idea was to uh put another country other than northern european us and canada uh on the cyclocross map um and to do it in a way that they kind of portrayed uh or represented what the pura vida you know the what the costa rican lifestyle or or type of person is is like um so i think we i think there is great regardless of what the re the results were going to be what the results were going to be i mean almost 40 years old racing against the best in the world like the top 0001% um uh so it wasn't ever about the results it was about uh, uh paving the way so that the future generations can then put the pressure on for results <laughs> perfect i love it I can't thank Trey, Guy, and Felipe enough for spending some time with me. I hope you enjoyed their stories and will continue to follow them. Trey and Felipe are on Instagram. Trey is at TreyMTB and Felipe is at Felipe Nystrom. And you can find Guy on Facebook at Guy Lesham. Thanks so much for listening to Bike Talk with Dave. If you dig it, please hit subscribe and pass this on to your friends. And if you'd be so kind as to hit the number of stars that you think we deserve, that would be awesome. We've got a ton of talks in the can, so I hope you can continue to tune in. And if you have any ideas of someone you'd like to hear from, message me on Instagram at dmabel122. I hope you have a great week, and thanks again for tuning in. Peace.